Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I am your host, Robert Brining, joined by my co-host this week, Jeremy Dunn. Jeremy, how are you doing today, man? I feel pretty and witty <laughs> and gay. No, I'm, char- I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, everybody. I, I do feel gay, though. Well, don't we all sometimes? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. Don't you just love it when I come on the air and I just have something witty and... Oh, it's always good to have energy, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and let me tell you, I am drilling up every ounce of every ounce of energy I have. <laughs> Yesterday took a lot out of me. Yeah, you went and got some of your um tattoos done, right? On your arm? Your oh my god. I got three huge pieces done. Huh. Yeah, I I've saw got, those pictures on Facebook. Yeah, I got I got a bunch of line work done yesterday. Four hours. Four hours worth. I get there wow. at 1 o'clock, and he was still sketching and things like that, so that was cool. And then we started at 3, and we didn't stop till 7. I, You know, I, I am telling you, I am just exhausted. <laughs> right, I don't know how you do it, dude. I'm a wuss. When it comes to, like, needles and things like that, it's not my thing. That's why I won't get a tattoo, because I'm petrified of needles. Oh, my God. You know, it, it, and what's funny is, is I'm in I'm absolutely in love with the work he's done. Well, that's good. Oh my God, it, it's just amazing stuff. And but um, the needles don't scare me. The need, you know, come on. Dude, I was a wuss when I had to first get my blood work done. When I first, you know, would go to the doctors and stuff. Oh, you're after a getting, I was a wuss. I'd have to lay down and squeeze onto a ball. Oh, you did and not. I was. I, I used to. I passed out before, so I kind of got worried that every time I would go, I would pass out when I went to, you know, get my blood work done. Right. Now, you know, you? it's nothing. Now it's nothing. Now I can just sit there, and I'm more comfortable where I go. You know what I mean? That's why it's so important to find, you know, the right connections and the right doctor that's for you. You know what I mean? Because uh, it puts everything at ease. And I had a real issue with needles and all that, and now I just go out there, throw my arm out there, and he goes, damn, we love veins like yours. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, please. Let me tell you, it, 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 it feels like, okay, everybody asks, and, and I think everybody has a different, um, whoever has a tattoo has a different perspective. But, right. Okay, so think of like 20 to 15 cats scratching you all at the same time. Ugh. That's what it feels like. It's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. It's it's over before you – I mean, your arm goes numb before you even know what's going on. Now, i got a question for you. How is yeah. – um, are you open about your status about when you go and get your tattoos done? I am, as a matter of fact. It took me a very long time to find somebody. It took me almost five, four and a half years to find somebody that would actually work on me. Wow. So people so, would actually um, turn you down. 
yes, people turned me down. Absolutely, they they said no, we don't we we're, we don't want you. You have HIV. I, I can't work on you. But you know, um, I found Matt Terry over at Foos Tattoo. Plug plug plug. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, he, the whole shop is great. I mean, it, it's it's absolutely terrific because. They wipe everything down. They wrap everything. I mean, it, it, it's it, – it, he, he just said, what? Are you kidding? Don't worry about it. Come on in. And um, he's like, what am I going to do? Go suck on the needle when you're done? <laughs> right. Like, well, that's, you know. that's interesting that that comes up because um, the last blog that I did for The Body was about a um, reality show called Big Brother. Everybody knows, you know, about the show. And there was a – uh, uh, two HIV positive people, a couple that were casted in the show in Germany, and there was also a gentleman who was a tattoo artist, who was, um, you know, who was casted to be in the show. And after the tattoo artist found out that both of those guys were HIV positive, he felt that he couldn't stay in the house and deal with anybody who had any kind of an illness. And even if it was cancer, he would have had the same reaction, and he left the game. Huh. So, like, isn't it, like, that's kind of odd. Yeah. Well, you know, it all depends on the education. It it really does. You would think somebody like a tattoo artist would kind of be educated since they're working with, you know, blood. Blood and needle. Yeah, but some aren't. You know, a lot aren't. They, They, a lot don't go and get educated. I mean, you just they just don't. But I gotta tell you, Matt Terry at Foo's tattoo on North Davidson between um between what is it, thirty thirtieth and thirty sixth down here in Charlotte. The best. They are the bomb. Okay? So anyway our, our our guest is from Charlotte, you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yes, yeah, she is straight from your hometown. I actually went where you're at now, you know what I mean? I was looking, and I was like, oh, they probably live right, watch, we'll bring her on because she's on hold now. And I guarantee you, she probably lives really close to you. She probably does. You know what I mean? That's the funny thing. So um, I thought maybe you uh, may have known that, um, you know what I mean, since she's kind of been out there. Um, please um, welcome to the show. Her name is Devondia Roseborough, and she is the author of Put It On Paper, her own memoir about being diagnosed with HIV. The memoir um, talks about her life before HIV and her life after AIDS. So Aww. Yay. The Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me, Robert. Oh, anytime, sweetheart. I've been trying to get, wanting to get you on for a long time. I know, I know. It's finally here, so thank you again. We got wrapped up in that MySpace because, you know, that's where I first found out about you. And then kind mm-hmm. of MySpace faded away. And <laughs> yes. kind of reborn everybody again. So it was kind of oh, yeah. a while to get back. But I'm glad to have you on. Glad to be here. Thanks again. And Jeremy's with me, too. And Jeremy lives right in Charlotte as well. Well, hi, Jeremy. How are oh, you? Hi. I'm good, Devondia. How are you? I'm blessed and highly favored. And so we're neighbors. We we must be. Where are you? What neighborhood are you in? Well, I'm actually out for the Bookshot area on the northwest side of town. Oh, you, shut up. You are not. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> I'm over here in Graham and 7th. Okay. Okay, yeah. not too far. Yeah, I'm just right below. You are not far now. 
Yes, we are. <laughs> well, you and I are going to have to like meet for coffee or lunch or something. Most definitely. Okay, okay. So we'll take to. that offline, and, and you and I will will chat up later. <laughs> because I'm cool. always looking for a new lunch buddy. Okay, cool. Okay. I love Woo-hoo. lunch. <laughs> All right. Maybe we'll even have dinner. Okay. Lunch and dinner, and then maybe yeah. who knows what will follow after that. What do you think? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm with you. So I'm playing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Okay, Robert, it's your show. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, um, anyway, um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, you know, a little bit how, how you were before you were diagnosed with HIV, and then kind of you know how how it, your process was. Well, um, back in 2003, I actually got the the positive diagnosis uh, of HIV, and before then, I had this low self-esteem. I endured a lot that led up to the factors of me contracting HIV. However, it was still a choice for me to live a promiscuous lifestyle because having unprotected sex with a man that was not my husband, who I did not love and who did not love me, is how I had contracted the disease. Um, raped multiple times by family members, um, not having my father in my life to show me what a man is supposed to be to a woman and how one is to treat one, left me looking for love in all the wrong places. And I grew up, you know, not liking myself inside or out. I had low self-esteem, dark skin, heavy set, thick glasses, jerry curl. So, and I was one of the kinds that, one of the girls that the guys didn't like. They liked my friends. So they used me to get to my friends. <laughs> but, you know, as, as time progressed, when I got that, that positive diagnosis for using my body to get what I wanted because nobody wanted to give me the love that I yearned for, um, I ended up uh, going to the hospital after I found out about my 2003 diagnosis with an opportunistic infection, a 107-degree fever, pneumonia, and I laid there for 23 days with a T-cell count of 19, and, and I found out that I had AIDS. Um, blood transfusions that equaled up to seven, lost a total of 70 pounds, and the doctors told my mom there was nothing else they could do for me, just basically take her home and let her die. And after that, you know, I got a directive from God while I was there. He said if I go where he tells me to go and say what he tells me to say and do what he need me to do, then I will heal you. And because of that, the virus is undetected in my body. And we know what the doctors say in regards to undetection, but because of my faith, I trust and believe that there's a healing that took place because I'm able to go out here with my nonprofit, Raspberry Rose Foundation Incorporated, and, and minister to young girls, especially African-American girls, 10 to 18, struggling for self-esteem, with the major focus on HIV and AIDS prevention, as well as African-American women, 25 to 44, who are infected or affected by HIV, which is another entity to Raspberry Rose. Who's that lady refining a diamond into virtuous worth? Just getting to that woman the day before that diagnosis said to her die. She might have wanted to go to school, own a home, 
um, get a car, but just to encourage her and empower her that she needs to live in spite of because there's many obstacles and, and barriers that are going to break us down sometimes. But we know with these diseases and anything else, if we let that take our minds, then there goes our bodies. We're going to deteriorate within ourselves. So I'm just here to empower. He left me here to empower and to make a difference, and I'm going to do it till there's no more breath in my body. Well, that sounds like a plan. I, that, that does sound like a plan, and I think that's um, just a great mission. You know? Thank you. You're very welcome. So um, so you're out there. You're, you're talking about it. What mm-hmm. has been your experience here in Charlotte with um, you coming out about um, your HIV status? And um, so tell us about your reaction. Or well, reaction I, to you, I should say. I can say that I have been around the most compassionate people, whether it's been in Charlotte, in New Orleans, in Florida, in Atlanta, on the East Coast. I have been received with open arms because, one, I'm covered by the blood. And I just, when God gives you a directive, he's going to protect you from anybody that may try to cause harm. And that was a fear from my mom, that someone would, might might try to do something to you because, you know, we got a lot of ignorant people out here that just want to do something just because AIDS or HIV, that stigma, and they want to point the finger. But I can say that I've been well-received. Um, I think I, I, I encountered a guy that, that I was, you know, maybe getting ready to date, but it happened early on because I never kept it a secret. I always let people know because you don't know how people will react when you tell them, okay, well, I got this HIV diagnosis, but I need to let you know about it, you know. And he told me, well, I can't F with you, you know. And I think that that there let me know that there was a lot of ignorant people still around. But as far as me, I haven't gotten anything personally, but I have talked to a lot of people that have been ashamed and and um, outcasted not only with friends but also family members. But I, I, I can say that it has been a, an awesome experience to not have to go through anything that would have that had to have me crying or, you know, out of my mind because I'm I'm scared for my life because of the way that, you know, I chose to do things and ended up doing things. So it, it it's been a blessing. Talk, you talk about back um, when, when you were diagnosed and you were in the hospital and you had, you know, um, that moment where you were directed by God to come back and empower people. Yeah. Can you kind of just explain that moment? And were you kind of religious or brought up religious or spiritual, you know what I mean, g- growing up? Yeah, kind of I actually, in, in, in growing up, I grew up in the church, but I strayed away. Um, and I would go back and then stray away some more. You know, that, that flesh is something, that temptation to keep you out there if you allow it to be a part of the world was fun. You know, you didn't have to answer to anybody. You just did what you wanted to do. But when he speaks, it's not a verbal voice that right. you hear. It's more so of an action that comes down and, and you feel it. And, and it just let me know that I was going to be okay when the doctor – told me about my diagnosis, Ms. Roseborough, all of your test results came back great, but I have one concern. Your HIV test came back positive. I had already started going through a metamorphosis 
before I actually got that result because I was prepared for that result because he had something for me to do. But when I was there in that hospital and the doctor came in and told me, Ms. Roseboro, you have AIDS, and I battle back and forth. No, I have HIV. No, Ms. Roseboro, you have AIDS. No, I have HIV, and I'm just screaming and almost to tears, but I couldn't cry. I couldn't cry. And he put his hand on my knee, and he said, everything's going to be fine. The medications today, people are living longer. So I knew then I was going to be all right, but within that time, I felt no pain. Um, I was just tired, but I could hear the voice saying, do say go, do say and go do say and go, you know, and I was like, okay, daddy, you know, because I talked to him, you know, okay, okay, and and that's what I'm doing, doing as you say, going, yeah, I call him daddy, (laughs) 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 yeah, I call him daddy, I have a conversation like I'm having with you, you know, I just, I, I speak to him, and he speaks to me, you know, and I just allow myself to be available to do the things that he has left me here to do. And and I can't do it any any other way but the right way. So let me ask you this then. What what do you do when somebody isn't as open to um God as you are and they have a more agnostic or point of view to to the whole situation yeah well i haven't come across that but i did have like when i was frequent and frequently uh my space a lot i had a person that um was agnostic and but it was a it was a purpose that brought us together and he respected my views and i respected his Uh, in a way where, okay, we're not going to cross any lines in regards to the way I feel, and I'm not going to cross any lines in regards to how you feel, because you know the the heaviest conversation has to do with religion and politics. Mm -hmm. So with me, I just, I stand my ground, and I trust and believe, and I don't push my beliefs or my faith on, on faith on anybody. I allow my light to shine and speak for itself, you know, so it's nothing really that you can say. You just have to walk in that light and, and, and allow people to see, okay, when my when I go in a room, I'm going to light it up. You know, when I leave, if I come into a dim, dark situation, I'm going to bring um, um, light to that darkness. So a lot of people can see that regardless of where they are in their faith or who they choose to believe in. If you're walking upright, they can't help but see that. They can't help but see that. But as far as the verbal, I've never had to come across anybody that was, oh, no, he didn't do that. God is not a healer. God, I don't believe that. No, I've never come across that. Do you, have you ever come across the, um, this is a, as a follow-up, have you ever come across uh, people saying, well, it's a punishment for what, how you lived your life in the past and the choices that you made? Never heard that verbally because I'm going to tell you, I've always been one of those girls that grew up where if you said, you're not going to really talk too much to me, I will hit you in your face. That's before I got myself together, you know. So a lot of people can tell I'm approachable, but at the same time, you're not going to say anything to me. And I think you people can look at me and tell, okay, you're not going to get over on her any kind of way with those type of words. But just in general, the classes and the training and the workshops 
that I have taken over the years, I was surprised and some brought to tears at the things people would say, you know, that it was a punishment. God did that for to dirty people or, or people that were, um, you know, MSMs and, and, and prostitutes and whoremongers. And I'm like, wow, married people get it too. People never had sex at all contract HIV, you know, from their parents. So, hey, come on. But that's... <laughs> Hey, yeah. Come on, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> she was politely saying that she's intimidating. <laughs> yeah, I can be. I can yeah. be intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> but also, uh, I have a covering from head to toe, so that makes it I'm protected. Right. You know. Yeah. So and 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 I love that. I love that part where I don't have to fight because he he has my battles. He's taking care of all of that when he laid when he gave his son. You know, for me, you and everybody else. So I'm just, I'm just blessed to have gone through this journey without having to, you know, be beat up or anything thrown at my yards or even my children, you know, chastised or ridiculed in the school system because we know kids can be cruel. But it just, it, it truly has been a blessing. It really has. So, if what? anything, it's helped me to be a better person. <laughs> So so what about, because, you know, you hear in the media about, um, and, and plus the statistics are showing that, mm-hmm. it, especially in the African-American community, mm-hmm. the um, HIV statistics are, they're astronomical. And in particular, yeah. here in Mecklenburg County, they're on par yeah. with this, with the entire city of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, how How is it? You know, and, and I and I'm asking because I'm a white boy. I yeah. am your average pale white boy that lives in a white boy world. Okay. So I don't know. I only know what I see and read in the statistics. What is it really like on the ground in the African African American community with HIV? Is it every? Is it all the horror stories that we're hearing? Or is it better? Is it worse? How really? How is it really? Well, I stay in in a, in a, in a community as a whole. I have Vietnamese family next door to me on the left side. I have a family that is African American on another side of me, and I have an African American family across the street. But I also have a Japanese family on the right side of me as well. So we don't know unless we tell our status if we are, you know, how we're living or how we feel about being HIV positive. But when I get into the the realm of things in regards to just opening up with people in general that are infected by HIV, they're humble. You know, you have some that are going through, um, some that just don't want to go forth, But that's when people like myself and and, and people like other agencies and and, and, and other advocates come together and empower with our our stories and how we got over. But I don't see anybody in regards to just, you know, not wanting to live too much, too fast anymore. Um, the, the, The statistics are high. However, I think that, a lot of times people don't want to come out because they're afraid 
because of the stigma. So we have the ones that, that go off here and go to the doctor, and when they do go, they hope and pray that you don't realize that they're going on this part of the clinic instead of that part of the clinic, you know. But I just, honestly, I just, I see people that just want to live. That's what I see, people that want to live. With the ones that are newly diagnosed, those are the ones that I really just, my heart go out to because I remember when I was. But at the same time, my my feeling was numb. My first thing came out of my mouth was, what do I do next? See, I'm a, I was a different breed of person that got the diagnosis. You know, because I asked the question yesterday, what, what did I, what do you think I said when the doctor told me that I was HIV positive? Oh, you cussed him out. Oh, you say retest. Oh, you said you're lying. You start screaming and hollering and crying. No, I said, what do I do next? Right. You know, so it just, I, I just don't, I don't, I, I don't know. I just really don't see um, a craziness about it. People are not scared like I feel like they need to be. Uh, and that's a whole because people are getting infected. You know, Mecklenburg County is the highest HIV rate in the state of North Carolina with an average of seven people daily that's yeah. getting infected, and that's a lot of people. Right. That's a lot of people. And, and, you know, think of the seven people daily and yes. then no more enrollments to ADAP. Yes, yes, You know, yes. so... I sing it, yeah. sister. <laughs> that was a really that was do. a crunch. I, that was it, a crunch it, for me. I even put that on my personal website and called people that I knew that were on ADAP. Go in and get your enrollment t- process taken care of. You know who has right. that amount of money to pay for those medications? Right. You know, so you know, it, it was important. Yeah, and and those of us who are lucky enough to have yeah. medical insurance provided by our, our employer, yeah. I still pay. Mm-hmm. I still pay about $6,000 a year mm-hmm. on average. So, mm-hmm. And that's just on prescriptions. That's not including, you know, medical, um, my office visits and labs and all of that. Yeah. So, oh, God. We, we, well, we, you know. You and I certainly have to have lunch so we can oh, yeah, <laughs> most definitely. I have my CVS printout my, the year that I was diagnosed. Yeah. And in 2004, I had bought a baby bin with my Blue Cross Blue Shield. My, my, my medications averaged out to $35,000. Yep. And I was on seven different medications, and they were three, and it was 30-day supply, so I'm, like, tripping. Man, I bought a car, you know, yeah. <laughs> a car. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, you, yeah. That's a down payment on most houses. Yes, most and, definitely. And I, I, you know, and that's what's, that I think that's what people don't get is that this the HIV medicines yes. are so bloody expensive. Mm-hmm. But, okay, so don't get me started because I'm going to start going into how we ship them overseas. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay for <laughs> generics overseas, but we can't get mm-hmm. here anyway. Anyway, mm-hmm. about you, this isn't about my yeah. soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> uh, but I'm with you. Oh my gosh, I'm so with you. Uh huh. I was taking. Um, I took 23 medications a day, and the last um, regimen that they put me on was Zyogen. And that was one pill, two pills, Zyogen, and one a triplo. 
Uh, really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. One 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 a tripler and and two zygons. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm on I'm on a tripler right now. Just okay. Straight up a tripler. But then okay. again, I'm on like 16 other things because oh, bless your heart. a tripler, you know, just messes with my head. Okay. You know, you know, but it's now, so good with my numbers. did that to me. <laughs> oh, Sestiva? Yeah, that did that to me. That messed with my head real bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just terrible stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, it does such good things for your numbers and for the... Oh, yeah. It, you know, so it's like, so what do I do? Do do I... I would rather have... I'd rather be on Paxil, quite honestly, mm-hmm. to combat my um, anxiety and some of those issues okay. than yeah. sitting on the toilet for eight hours a day. Oh, bless your heart. You know what I mean? It, yeah. Okay, how many Crazy. people can you talk to about diarrhea and they get it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope I don't. I haven't had diarrhea since 2004, oh, <laughs> so don't jinx you. me. <laughs> oh, my. Don't All jinx right. me. Anyway, Robert, I'm sorry. <laughs> We're just talking so, shit over here. No, I'm kidding. No, you're fine. You're totally fine. <laughs> so, Devondi, you're the founder of, of the Raspberry Rose Foundation, right? Mm-hmm. And you spoke a little bit earlier. You go out and you minister to, you know, young women, 10 to 18 years old, and you teach them about uh, self-respect, self-esteem, and then it, obviously the core is HIV, right? Yes, the core is HIV as well as educate. I like to see how much they know. So I do a game called Battle of the Sexes, and sometimes if we may have guys. Um, if I do college campuses, it's guys and girls. I don't just focus on my main focus is girls but I speak to everybody from the from the teens on to the seasoned citizens. And what I do is I allow them to come at me to show me through the battle of the sexes how much they know about HIV. And then I do another game which is uh which is that familiar brochure, hundred and one ways to make love without doing it. And I just post up some paper and then they have the time throughout the duration where we're having the program they write different things, whether it's texting or uh, horseback riding or picnic, you know, just ways so that they don't engage. Because I promote abstinence. However, you know, I want to also give you the tools and the resources and how to prevent yourself from getting STDs, HIV, as well as uh, pregnant, as well as pregnant. And I think that's important because a lot of the – you know, programs that are out there in schools are abstinence only, and that's yes. good if your kid isn't having sex, but, you know, yes. more than likely your kid, your teenager is having sex. Yeah. So I, I think it's great that you do a balance where, you know, you offer your family advice, but then you also give them the tools. Because a lot of yes, right. programs don't do that, especially yeah. ones and that are somewhat faith-based. Yes. You know what I mean? So and that's, it's so true. That's very, very cool. So um, you're also um, on the Ryan White Advisory uh, Council as well, correct? Mm-hmm. I've I'm served on the Ryan White Advisory Council here in, in Charlotte. I haven't met as much as I felt like I needed to because I'm in the process now of of um, releasing my second book. But I did um, participate in a, a quality management meeting last month. So I had to give myself a pat on the back. But, mm-hmm. yes, most definitely I – Evaluate grants every year for the Minority AIDS Initiative, as well as the uh, Ryan White funds that they distribute here in Mecklenburg County. Um, and I, I work very closely with the Ryan White Administrative 
um, office here, which provide me with all the brochures and condoms that I need, as well as the how-to uh, pamphlets when I go out in the community and present at various organizations and other venues. I think that's awesome that you're involved with that. So um, the book, your first book that you wrote is called Put It on Paper. Put it on paper, all your thoughts and feelings based on my life before HIV, after AIDS. And then they can obviously find that on your website that we posted in the website there. Yes, you can um, find it there. Raspberryrose.com. There you go. Thank you. Um, (laughs) And uh, they can find all that information there. Tell us, what is your second book going to be about? Uh, My second book is Baptized in Warm Milk. And it's based on Temptations of the Flesh. And it's a series of books that I'm writing in regards to, and it actually has to do with my life because that, too, was another directive from God because we have a lot of women, especially African-American women, we want to talk to our women about changing their behaviors so that they won't get caught up in getting these STDs and these broken hearts and HIV and these unwanted pregnancies where he told me to use my story in various situations that I've gone through, especially with these old men, to try to help others. So my first one, which I'm doing a book cover photo shoot on Wednesday, is titled My Last First Kiss. And it's in regards to if I would have continued to allow the temptations of the flesh for me to continue my relationship with this guy, I wouldn't have gotten some of the blessings that were due to me at the time they were honored for me if I would have continued on that relationship. So I, it was just, it's it's a month read, and I'm releasing that in um, late May. Late May, and they can find that either on your website or in Barnes & Noble, I take it? Yes, I'm online retail because it's hard for me. I, I self-publish. So right. it was hard for me to do the, you know, the bookstore thing. So I, uh, I sell them out of the trunk of my car. I'm like a baby masterpiece. out the trunk I of my understand. car if they want to. An autographed copy, or uh, Amazon.com, Barnes and Nobles, Books a Million, uh, Borders. You can get that online. Mm-hmm. And the good thing as is, as well as in the Kindle. Right. I just want to let people know that if they're going to go, don't go to the Barnes and Nobles because you're not going to find it because you can finally hardly find any kind of book there that is about yeah. HIV and AIDS. You know what I mean? You go yeah. there and there's three books to choose from. And one yeah. and the band played on, and it's too, yes, way too but long to read. But, <laughs> but, but there's like five. But there's five stacks of how to make love appropriately. Oh wow! And the Karma Sutra, yeah. and 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 you know, Gay Sex 101. The actually, there is no gay sex books there, but the Joy of Sex, you know, and, and things like yeah. that. So, let me ask this question. Mm-hmm. You're you obviously are very passionate about abstinence. Yes. Um. How do you react to the folks that are saying, you know what, well, let's be real. You know, abstinence works when it, until it doesn't, you know, in, until the people actually have sex. Um, so how do you react to those folks who, who say, you know what, why aren't you really talking about the condom usage, making a good choices? Um, being informed instead of just abstinence, abstinence, abstinence? Well, actually, I do. I I, I promote abstinence first and foremost, Mm -hmm. but that's when I say, okay, we've got to be realistic here. Our babies are doing it, 
and we are doing it too, and a lot of us adults are doing it with our condoms. So, but when I go to different churches, some churches don't want me to have condoms at all. Mm-hmm. No condoms at all. We don't want to talk about anything, any preventive measures. Okay, fine. But I do want you to know this, and I have been able to change some congregations' minds in regards to allowing me to speak about um, contraceptives and, and, and how to protect themselves. But there's just this one church <laughs> that I will not name, but they ask if it's only, and I respect that because as a parent of two teenagers, I would want the same thing, but at the same time, I have lifestyle, I have Durex, and I also have um, Magnums and Magnums XLs here at the house, and my daughter knows how to use them. So I would like for them to know, okay, first and foremost, Mom, I want you to wait on God to send you that magnificent king, and you get married after you've graduated from college and got your own house and car and blase, blase, before you start making these babies and getting caught up with these situations and, you know, mixing spirit with different people. But sometimes it doesn't work that way. Right. So here are the tools that we have. So I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to have the information here uh, with the STD, um, the HIV, um, how to use a condom, and, and show them how to use a condom, those that allow it, I think you know, the programs that allow it. Yeah. I, I think that's absolutely terrific. I, I, that's the, the best approach ever. Yeah. So, Devondia, you are HIV positive. You've received the AIDS diagnosis. What about mm-hmm. your kids? My kids are perfect. My kids, actually, my diagnosis happened after my daughters. Okay. So um, they they are they are perfect. They are perfect. That's good. Yeah. How did they take it? Well, in the beginning, it was rough. Uh, I did have to get counseling for both the girls, uh, especially my oldest daughter. She took it the hardest. Um, I even had to send her away for residential treatment about six months during the time that I got out the hospital because I could not handle her. I was too weak, and she got out of control. She really did get out of control. But at this point, uh, my oldest daughter, she's getting ready to graduate from high school. She plays softball. Uh, She's a flag girl. And my youngest, she's 15. She's getting ready to go into the 11th grade, and she's a flag girl for one of the um, high schools here. So two wonderful, beautiful, well-engaged girls. And here in Mecklenburg County, where in North Carolina, the, the students have to do exit exams, and they have a choice of topics. And it's a blessing because my daughter will call me or either she'll come to me and say, my friend wants you to come and talk to her class, or either she wants to interview you, you know, for her um, senior exit paper. So that has been a plus, a plus for the girls to um, have their to have their friends, their peers to be interested in what their mom do to help them excel to the next level getting out of school. Oh, that's terrific. I, I think yeah. that is absolutely terrific. Thank you. It is Wonderful. awesome. You're very welcome. I, it sounds like you have two very well-grounded children, and, and I think that is just phenomenal, especially in in this day, in, two, in 2010, and it, it's because you see on CNN about, you know, the kids yes. who are killing themselves because they're being yes. bullied at school and, mm-hmm. and things like that. How have – so so you, you've indicated that, that your daughters have friends that have, 
you know, wanted to interview you and, and talk mm-hmm. to you and be engaged. What about the flip side of that? How have they handled the, or if they've encountered any um, resistance or hostility, how have they handled that? Um, I would have to say that the youngest hasn't had an issue. Um, she did a hero paper when she was in middle school, and I was her hero. And one of the little guys in the classroom asked, well, how did your mom get AIDS? (laughs) You know, and the teacher told her, don't ask her that. That is none of your business. And she said, well, I don't think she'll mind. She speaks out on it, you know. And so she told her, well, maybe you don't want to discuss it here. She said, well, that's fine. You know, I can tell them later. But my oldest daughter, I was outside one day, and this little girl said to her, that's why your mama got AIDS. And so she tore across the street and was ready to fight her. And I told her, I said, look, child, there's no need for that. You know who your mama is. You know who you are. I said, so don't worry about it. If if, if they really want to know anything, they need to go to the clinic and get an HIV test and make sure they ain't got nothing. Because when I was out there in that world, I might have been with somebody that their mama had, you know, and I had one of the more foul mouths. So I just told her, don't don't stress it. <laughs> you know, don't worry about it. You said, don't stress it, don't worry about it. Yeah, expletive, don't. Expletive, expletive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let it go. Just let it go. But they're awesome. A lot of times when I do one of our local radio stations here, Power 98, No Limit Larry in the Morning Madhouse, they have team summits every quarter at the different parking wrecks in our most vulnerable communities. And so sometimes my daughter will call her friends and say, well, my mom's going to be here if it's in a community where they're close to. And the friends will come out. Their friends come out. And I've even gone out of town, and the kids will come back, and they'll call. Or my daughter texts me, well, such and such says she saw you in Fairville. Or such and such says she saw you down in Rowan County. You know, so it's 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 been a plus. It's been a oh, plus. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. You sound like an amazing mom. Thank you. I try to be. No, really. I try it, to be. It's it's it, 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 it's tough, um, you know what I mean? Yeah. To, to to just be a parent in general, you know what I mean? I have no clue, but I can imagine from you yeah. know growing up that it's tough to be a parent and have to be responsible for people who want to be their own people and do their own yeah. thing and make their own rules. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, real quick, I just want to let people know that you guys can give us a call here at the show and speak to us or Devondia at three four seven two one five nine four four two. Maybe you have a question or a comment you'd like to call in. Uh, please give us a shout. Um, shoot, I totally flipped my mind, but um, okay, that's what I wanted to say to you. Um, we have a lot of people who come on and they call into the show and they don't know how to tell their children that they're HIV positive or even um, a grandmother who doesn't know how to tell her grandchildren how you know, to tell. How do you have that conversation with your children? Because a lot of people have that question for me, and I, I obviously yeah. don't know how to do that. One thing people have to know that you have to do what works for you. I I know a couple of people that have been diagnosed for over 20 years and their kids still do not know. But that's what works for for them. And for myself, because I'm so popular in the community, I didn't want the streets to tell my kids. So I needed for them to find out from their mom. And what I did was I let them know three months after I had gotten, you know, a little healthier in 2004. Um, Plus, I had a directive, 
you know, from God. So I knew that I needed to do what he told me to do. But at the same time, I respected my girls enough to see if it was okay with them, you know. And they were like, fine, you know, I don't have a problem with it, you know. But even so, you know, they dealt with it in a way where, oh, mom's going to die. That's all that they, they saw because they knew about HIV. They knew about AIDS. Before my diagnosis, I was a program director and team leader for the YWC of Central Carolina, and I worked with at-risk youth, and I was responsible for bringing in people like Metrolina AIDS Project when they were establishing the health department in Mecklenburg Council on Adolescent Pregnancy. They came in and they talked about different topics like that. So we were knowledgeable of HIV and teen pregnancy and STDs, but at the same time, we I didn't act accordingly. I didn't act accordingly. But I needed them to know this is what mama did, you know. And we want our kids also to grow from their mistakes. But I try so hard to keep them so busy. But you have to, you have to, you have to do what's best for them, especially when it comes to their mental, their education, uh, because it was a struggle. It truly was a struggle in the beginning when I let the girls know. Uh, my older daughter, she seemed like she got suspended every week because okay. she wanted to be close to mom because she thought mom was going to die. Right. So she got suspended every week she was out of school. The first day of school she was suspended, and she was home at least two or three days for the whole year because she wanted to be home with mom. You know, and I think for the past maybe four years has been the best. They say teenage years is the worst. No, when she was 9, 10, 11, and 12 was the worst time that I ever had raising her. This, the past four years, has been the, the best years of my life. Well, let no me problem. You, high school isn't so bad. It's those middle school no. years when you're yes. 10, 12, 11, <laughs> yes. 12, yes. 13. You know, that, yes. Oh gosh, I I, I say go it, in it. Oh. I say go uh-huh. in it with prayer, and just think about it very carefully. You know, <laughs> when you're exposing them, because kids yeah. can be cruel. Uh, yeah. Kids can be cruel. Adults yeah. can be cruel. Yeah. yeah. Well, and kids don't have that sensor. You know, they no. they just say it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> going, oh. Thanks. First thing come out their mouth. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then you look at him and go, mm. why didn't you just, like, not say anything yes. before you speak? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so true. <laughs> oh, goodness. goodness. So, Devondi, what do you do when you're not doing any kind of, not being the traveling advocate? When I'm not doing the traveling advocate, I like to dance. I love to dance. I love to meet people. I'm an independent consultant as well, so I help other people that are writing books, um, people that are starting nonprofits. I try to help them out with business plans. Um, I like to write, of course. So I spend a lot of time writing, and I volunteer at different schools. I'm a booster mom. I'm a PTA mom. And I also um, I work in a salon helping a friend of mine out who's my stylist. So, you know, that trading bottle, you do my hair, I wash hair for you. So that's what I do. <laughs> so that's how you get your nice hair, huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so awesome. I stay busy. I stay busy. I live. Yeah, I live. That's mm-hmm. awesome. You spoke a little bit about the volunteering, and I know in 2005 the Metrolina AIDS Project um, 
nominated you as the volunteer of the year. What was that like? That was an awesome experience because I've, I've gotten awards before. There were certificates, but I think that was the very first award award I ever gotten. And to be nominated and to win alongside with another guy, I forget his name, uh, for Volunteer of the Year Award recipient was a was a pleasure because I just went in and I just I didn't remain a client. I was a client slash volunteer, and a lot of people thought I worked for them, you know, because I was just so adamant about, you know, just being happy and, and, and helping other people that were in a position that I could have been in, but because of the staff and the people that came and wrapped their arms around me and showed compassion, I wanted to do the same thing. I wanted to do the same thing. So I just I went gung-ho, you know, and... It was it was a pleasure. It truly was. One of the other things I wanted to ask you about was um, what is this I Stand With Magic? I see um, it on your website, and I kind of wanted to go check it out, and I saw it wasn't there. Is it, um, well, I, you... The I Stand With Magic campaign, I joined that I proved, probably about maybe five or six years ago, maybe five years ago, I joined the I Stand With, With Magic campaign. And that was just based on people standing behind, being involved in educating and drawing awareness and preventing HIV in the community. So they would send little stuff um, through the mail and um, what you call the where it's not identified, where it's coming from some from a company that uh, is talking about HIV and AIDS, you know, respecting the rights and the privacy. And they would have little different cards where I could share with people. Um, in regards to where do you go to get tested or 800 number on how you uh, find out where's the nearest testing place and when you're positive, what to eat, what not to eat. And Magic would send little um, information booklets on stuff that um, how he dealt with his diagnosis and different doctors that he saw and other physicians would write things in the little pamphlets. But it was just taking a stand for HIV and AIDS and drawing awareness and educating throughout our community. So when, they, when he did the little tour, he came here to Charlotte, and we were able to hear him speak. And, of course, it was standing room only when he came to town. But during that time, they offered free testing as well as he uh, spoke, and some, some uh, local advocates were able to also share their story. Oh, that's terrific. Mm-hmm. I think I remember when he came. My yeah. doctor went. They have a picture of him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you got the female magic on the phone. Huh? Right? You're the female magic. The female magic. I had the opportunity. The first time I spoke in Charlotte was in 2005, and I spoke at a church called Redemption uh, Christ Center over here off of Baby's Four Row area. And I told the audience, I said, I'm going to be the female magic. And everybody was just clapping and screaming, you know, and I just went on and went on and went on. And when I got through, a nurse came up to me and she said, you're going to see magic. And I was like, okay. And I got excited because I was just, I was just so, I admired him as a man just standing um, up boldly, not ashamed, admitting uh, but also preventing and, 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 tr- and drawing awareness and help, helping to prevent the disease in the community as well as in the world. So um, she told me I was going to see Magic and be ready. You're going in two weeks. 
And I was like, wow. So I had the opportunity to go to uh, Raleigh-Durham to the Carolina Theater with some other um, uh, clients here in Mecklenburg County. And it was just an awesome experience. And I didn't know that I was going to get the opportunity to stand up. Uh, I didn't know I was going to get the opportunity to speak, but I just told him I just had more of a comment in regards to what he did for me. Because during my healing process, during the time that I was listening to God tell me what I needed to do, I would see magic on ESPN. I would see him on CNN. And I said, I'm going to meet him one day. And when I did get the opportunity to meet him, I told him, I'm going to be the female magic. I'm going to do what you do, but in the female version. And then when I saw him again, I told him, I don't want to be magic anymore. And I said, I want to be. I said, I want to be a better me. Right. <laughs> yeah, I said, I want to be a better me. I don't want to be magic anymore. <laughs> you can only you know? be who you are. That's it. That's, That's it. it. That's it. Don't it's so true. So true. That's funny because, you know, when I remember when he came out, um, you know, stating that he was positive, and, mm-hmm. and you would think a, a lot of celebrities, there has to be other celebrities out there who are oh, yeah. HIV positive who are not oh, coming yeah. out of the closet. So I have to have some sort of, you know, admiration for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And for you, Devondia, because you, you know, have the same vision. You, you're doing the same thing, and that's the same respect I have for Jeremy and for Jack and for other people yeah. who put themselves out there and – and really have like this light bulb go off that just empowers them to to finally open up because I was somebody who didn't you know I was very private and secretive nobody yeah. knew anything about me because I had to get over on you and now I'm yeah. such an open book and and I think that transformation is something that's beautiful and it attracts people to you and you oh yeah it. yeah most definitely if you got it flaunt it. <laughs> you got it, Sonny. I mean, it's a blessing because he only make a select few that that are able to go out, you know, to win those over to let them know, okay, look, you can live if you choose to. You truly can live if you want to. HIV is not me. HIV was just a part that came in and tried to take mm-hmm. me out, you know, and here I am standing on top of HIV, on top of AIDS, and I claimed the victory by his stripes. I am healed and came out the hospital losing, went in 198 pounds and came out 130. Now I'm sitting pretty at a good 200, you know, and I'm just blessed and and highly favored. You know how you just look at somebody and you can tell something wrong where you can't look at me and you can't look at anybody else because of the wonderful medications and the wonderful doctors and, and, and just the, the in God, you know, being able to just look just like you're supposed to, you know, as long as you're taking care of yourself. I think Take care of yourself. And I, 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 I claim everything as mine over matter. You know, mine it over absolutely matter. is. It absolutely yeah. is. You know what? Yeah. We are down to the last six minutes. Okay. And this has been an incredible hour. Yes, Devania, it has. Thank you mm-hmm. so much for joining thank us. Thank you. We have had a great time. You are an absolutely amazing person. Thank and, you. And I'm serious. I'm going to be. I'm, I'm going to go to your website and I'm going to send you an email. Okay. And you and I are going to get together because I, I think I need to introduce you to a few a few other people here in Charlotte. Okay. Please do. And, Please do. Okay. And 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 two, I, I think you and I would have just a hoot at lunch. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we will. And, we can go to Hooters. 
I've honestly never been to Hooters. I understand they have good chicken wings. They do. <laughs> Thank you for having me. You're absolutely welcome. I just want to remind all of our listeners that you can find Devondia at www.raspberryrose.com. That's R-A-S-B-E-R-R-I-R-O-S-E.com, raspberryrose.com. And um, please give her a shout-out. Send her an email. And thank you again so much. Thank you. Devondia, real quick, you're also on Facebook and Twitter. People can find you, right? I am on Facebook, Devondia Roseboro, D-E-V-O-N-D-I-A-R-O-S-E-B-O-R-O-U-G-H. And on Twitter, Devondia, D-E-V-O-N-D-I-A. Sounds great, Devondia. Thank you so much, and you have a great night. And when you your next book comes out, give us a call, and we'll have you back on. Most definitely. Thank you so much. I love you. Love you, too. Thank you so much. All right. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, she's such a sweetheart. And remember, folks, you can find more about Devondia at raspberryrose.com. You know, a little mini tongue twister, not really, but sort of. <laughs> so, Jeremy, you there? Yes, I'm here. Sorry. Oh, I guys, was wanted to make sure I didn't. In the, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the chat room trying to do three things at once. You know how that works for that's me. Cool. That's cool. Um, I do have a couple announcements that I wanted to uh, bring to everyone's attention. I wanted to let people know that um, Logo has – um, decided to shoot some more HIV and me um, videos. Um, you may have seen one. Remember, we had Luna on. Um, we had Tree on. Um, and then, uh, you know, I spoke about it. Angina came on and spoke about it. And they went and shot four more, and they just um, loaded the new one yesterday. And it's from a Philadelphia guy by the name of Lauren, and he is a Pazaya member. Um, he's, a, he's a great guy, and you have to go check it out. Go to Logotv.com and search um, HIV and me in the, you know, the little search bar, and it'll come up. And you can view all the videos that are there. But you have to go check out Lawrence. It just came out. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is I know two weeks ago I was up in New York, and I had a little television, my first little television appearance on a show called uh, Talking About. And you can actually go to talkingabout.info on Friday morning, and my interview will be posted up there, so you can check it out. Wonderful. Yay. 15, 20 minutes, so it's kind of cool, yeah. I was able to view a little bit of it today and make sure I didn't look bad and sound, you know, a little discombobulated at all. But other than that, (laughs) what do you have going on? Any new blogs or anything? Oh, my God. You know, I have been so busy with other stuff. I haven't gotten to blogging, um, but... I because I'm I'm prepping for the I'm I'm trying to plan a wedding, right? Right. I forgot you're getting married. Yes. September. Yes, I'm getting married in September. That's um, exciting. So I, I, I'm planning all of this. I I've got to go. Ta- I'm gonna go taste cupcakes. Yeah. I'm such the bridezilla. It's not even funny. Um. So I I gotta go taste cakes. I've got the caterer lined up. Um. I went and saw the florist last week. I it, this is just. Oh, God. <laughs> not a big deal. That's fine. But people can find your blog at... Um, not a big deal. It is a big deal. Shush. It is a big deal. Shush. It's your blog. They can find it at PositivelySpeaking.com. That's Positively, P-O-Z, 
speaking.com and that's right. You know, they can contact you there and, and check out yes, your blog. They can also find yeah. more information on me and past radio shows at posiam.com. That's P-O-Z-I-A-M.com. And, you know, that was another great hour. I had a great time, and I want to thank Bondi again. And go check it out. Go buy her book online. It's called Put It on Paper. You can find it at raspberryrose.com. Jeremy, thanks for sitting out with me again for another hour. It was such a pleasure. Oh, you know, I have so much fun doing this. I really do. Good. Then I'll see you in two weeks. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night. Bye-bye. You too. Have a great week.